got a problem. You don't know what to do. Your dreams are strange, and you're seeing things too. The world is full of mystery. Life's more than you can see. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. Here we go. I wanted to let you know that I'm about to interview the wonderful Robin Blumel. She's written a book called Native Plant Spirit Wisdom, Messages from the Plant World. She took a long time to write this book. And she did that because she was talking to the plants every year. They wanted to be talked to at a specific time. It's a book. It's a deck of cards. It's a way to get deeply involved with the magic and spirit of plants and to receive their guidance. And that is about to happen now. A very interesting interview. Um, Also, another thing I'm getting really excited about is that um, I'm on the Patreon. It's Patreon backslash or forward slash Patreon forward slash Ask Pomegranate if you want to get involved with it. And the reason why I suggest you get involved with it is because I'm so excited. Here's what we're doing. I, I'm not teaching anywhere. I'm making art. As you see, as the people who are in visuals can see all around me is my art. This is one end of my studio. Um, I'm making art. And so I'm not teaching. So what has happened is I'm producing these hour long audio recording of a class from me about the, the divine deities I love. And it's only available if you subscribe to my Patreon page. And um, I'm going to show it to you because I'm kind of proud of it. But what I'm really proud of, dears, darlings, is these classes. And I want to get them out. And you can never get a class for me for this cheap. Um, it's uh, $3 a month. It's $3 a month. And every month you get a class, a recording of a class in which I, here's the page, Alice Pomegranate. And you can pay me all three tiers. I have four tiers and all three of them. Uh, three are three dollars, seven dollars, nineteen dollars. They all provide the same thing. They're a sliding fee scale um, offering. So you can come and f- for nineteen dollars a month, you can get an hour long class from me about twelve deities that I love. You will now when you when you take this class, you will um, meet the deity. I will describe the deity to you. I will help you meet them through trance. I will give you homework to do to connect with the deity. And um, so you can do, do all that if you want, or you can just listen and learn. And when one catches you, you can delve into that one. Um, There's a way for us to create a group chat in Patreon. I haven't figured it out yet. I will. Um, so that's my offering. I really want these classes to get out there, but I don't want to work really, really hard at producing them at selling them because it's, I'm too busy, but I can offer them on Patreon to you for a very reasonable price. Um, an insanely cheap price actually. And for 12 of you, I recently, this is, I did this today for 12 of you who are going to come to my site. People are always, always, always asking me to come and do uh, readings for them. And I can't do it all and I can't filter it all and I can't organize it all. So here's what I came up with. Come to the Patreon site. Choose the I need a reading tier. 
what will happen is you will get a reading for me. This is almost the same as what it costs for a reading for me. Um, you will get one reading for me for two hours every year that you subscribe. You will get a one reading for me. And it will go on. We'll zoom in and I'll talk to you for two hours. And, uh, you know, everybody loves my readings. I'm good, 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 good. I'm, I can't actually underrate myself. I can underrate myself a lot, but I can't underrate myself with readings because I'm, I'm very expertise about it. There are tarot readings with my tarot cards. And I threw a few of my Fairy King cards in, that card right here that you see on the screen. Um, and you will also get the monthly classes. So coming to on to a Patreon forward slash Ask Pomegranate, get yourself uh, into that 12, the only 12 of you a year can get this and um, sign up for a reading. And if you don't want that, pay me three, seven or $19 and you will get these fabulous classes. I am excited. All right, my dears, we're going to have the wonderful Robin Blumel at bluebugarts.com right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask Pomegranate, the podcast today. I'm doing an interview um, with Robin, Robin Blumel. Nope, I got it wrong. Blumel. Robin Blumel. <laughs> I have a friend whose name is last name Blumel. So uh, Robin Blumel, who is a plant communicator and an animal communicator. We're going to talk about both of those things. What is that? How do you get to be one? And how do you learn about that? And then also because Robin uh, works a lot with plants. Um, ha they, she has written a book called Native Plant Spirit Wisdom, which is accompanying a deck of cards, which is you work for works for divination of cards of um, plants. So this is the copy. This is the cover. It's called Native Plant Spirit Wisdom. And hi, Robin. Hi. Well, Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to you because I just think the plant realm is such a fascinating realm to have a relationship with. And um, many people have lost that connection. And it's one of the primary ways we restore, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And they're so eager to communicate with us for us to actually listen to them. Because they know we talk to them all the time, but for us to be able to actually listen to them, they really enjoy that. It seems like a lot of people, when they are in trouble psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, they say, "What I need." What words that have replaced the word God are universe, and people say, "I want to." I go into nature, or I go into the forest when I need to restore. Um, do you think that 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 is about that um, us talking to them or them talking to us or what do you think about that idea? Well, I think it's both. I think it's reconnecting to nature. You know, I think there's part of us that is desperate to reconnect and we've kind of forgotten how in our busy technological lives, you know, and, and they're here to always be there for us. You know, all of nature is, which is pretty amazing. And I've just found that they're incredibly compassionate, supportive, and eager 
to just help us on our journeys. The plants are? Yeah, plants. I think all of nature, actually. Plants, animals, minerals, fairy realm, you know. Oh, that's interesting. I I work with... uh... Uh, the seven ancestral realms, and you basically named a lot of them just now. And the elementals. Yeah. Who are we missing? Um, (laughs) Minerals. The deities, and in my in my work, we work with the mineral realm as an ancestor. So all of the minerals, the minerals that ever were, are our ancestors. The plant realms are our ancestors. Um, The the animal realm which we are a part of the, the fairy realm or the silver bloods is the way I put it. The divine, the, the higher power, the goddess of the gods and the queer gods, and then mystery and then beyond mystery. Those are the seven ancestral realms. Ooh, beyond mystery. I haven't heard I, of that. Well, yeah, you know, because you can, mystery is something you can start to start to understand, get a little bit of information about beyond mystery is like, it's, I, it's, I'll never get there. And I don't need to, but it's there. And it's, and it's part of who I am. And all of these are a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. So to the, in the, in the, today, we're going to enter into the, well, I guess we're going to work with animals a little bit too, but we're going to enter into that ancestral realm of the plant people. And I also like think it's interesting that this idea that we go out into nature, as I sit here looking at you, and you've got a very biophilic environment, uh you're the plants are right there talking to you <laughs> right like your best friend you your two friends your three friends are having this conversation with me absolutely yeah i see all these plants in your space um so uh you have you also studied plants uh scientifically are you interested in plants beyond a spiritual bent yeah actually that's where i got started um, my first, my first, um, I guess, interest in studying plants was when I was about 15 and I, I bought all of Jeannie Rose's books. She, she's an herbalist and she made all of these potions for skin care, body care. And so I started doing that, whipping up different elixirs and shampoos and Oh, just anything I could make. And so I started with that. And then once I got older, um, I was really lucky to study with Cascade Anderson. So I studied with her for years, went through all her courses. I was lucky to meet her when she recently had just come from to Oregon. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so I was in my early 20s. And it's just been a passion ever since. Um, I've been a backyard herbalist for my whole life. And so there's a lot of products I make every year and I share them with friends and families. And there are things that are, I just couldn't live without. So I continue to make them formulas. So, yeah, so I started off in that realm. My mom was a nurse. So I was, my grandma actually was the one that kind of got me started in, in the alternative medicine because she lived up in the hills of Malala, and she um, was very much a plant animal person, too. And she used to get this magazine called Prevention. Did you ever remember that? Yes. That was kind of like the first mainstream thing that I ever came across that talked about maybe using herbs instead of drugs. 
And so I was really interested in that. And so anything I could get my hands on that talked about herbology, um, I was really interested in. So, and my mom was kind of the neighborhood nurse. She held, everybody came to her for, you know, any, you know, things that just didn't require immediately going off to emergency. And so I, I grew up with that kind of nurturing, um, helping people, you know, to heal themselves. And so working with the plant world um, just totally fit better for me, you know, it kind of, kind of did the, enable the same thing where, you know, oh, somebody came over and talked about something. Oh, I need help with this or that. And, oh, well, you know, I have this, try this. And, and then I, I got, they got to be my guinea pigs too, <laughs> early on, which my family was, my poor daughter. She, we still joke about it. So. But uh, yeah, so I have a, an early, um, I guess, connection with the plant world in that realm. And then as I got older, um, I started looking more into the spiritual or energetic, you know, aspect of plants, because I really didn't know much about that. Mm. And so I think, and that's kind of something we naturally tend to do as we get older, if we're not, you know, um, um, introduced to that in some other way, when lucky enough to be introduced when we're younger, um, we just kind of gravitate toward the more spiritual side of things. Um, that's what I've been really in the past 20 years, really delving into that part, which has been very fun. So you started to, um, you, you're, you are an animal communicator too. You'll talk to people's animals about what's going on with them. Yes. And uh, so you also talk to the plants and that's what the whole premise of your book and your deck of beautiful cards is. And we'll sh- if, for those of you watching and those of you who are not watching, if you want to see what I'm showing, go to YouTube and ask pomegranate and you'll find this interview and you'll see um, some of the images that I'm bringing up. Also, you can go to my website, askpomegranate.com. And if you want to see images or better yet, more directly, just go right to Robin's uh, website, which is bluebugarts.com. And Robin's got a website where she shows there's a little film you can see. You can see the cards. You can buy the book. You can buy the cards. You can get a Kindle. You can, you know, and just see the, the work that Robin's been doing on these uh, cards, which you call them. Are you calling them a divination deck? What do you call them? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and they're also botanically correct, you know, the, Im- the images that I painted. So you can also use them taking them out into the field, you know, to identify oh. plants too. Oh, wow. Which is kind of fun to, you know, take them out into the woods and see who you can find and sit with them personally. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Because Robin is um, uh, an artist. You're an artist and you're uh, a a plant fiend <laughs> and you're educated in plants technologically and scientifically, as well as having this whole spiritual aspect of uh, being able to speak to plants. And um, so Robin, it's so fun. Robin, um, you design, you just can't get away from the plants, right? You designed parade floats. Mm-hmm. 
or can you tell us a little bit about that before we get more into the plant? Because I think it's a related and fascinating and it speaks to your the beautiful art that you make. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I've been lucky enough to have a long career in designing parade floats. I've worked for 27 years for a company called SCI 3.2, used to be Studio Concepts. And we design all the float design and build the floats for the Portland Rose Festival. And we used to do floats for Pasadena Tournament of Roses and the Fiesta Bowl. And we used to have all these different traveling floats. But as the whole, you know, business kind of consolidated and um, we pretty much now just do uh, the Rose Festival. And these floats are the ones that you see that are covered in flowers. Right. And plant material. And plant so material. Everything. There's only two parades that actually do that. And that's the Pasadena one and the Portland one that I know of. Oh, really? Ever, yeah. Where everything has to be completely covered with a natural plant material. So some of the stuff is fresh flowers. That's what people mostly think of. But a lot of the work is like dried plant material um, from dried leaves to ground cornmeal to, you know, whatever plant product you can think of, we've probably used it sometime to get the right colors and textures. And so when you're, you're designing the floods, you got to think about all the plants that are going to be used, Mm -hmm. all the colors that are available in the plants. That's your palette. Right. As well as what flowers will last long enough for the parade, the float to go down the parade route. Right. And luckily, I don't have to do all that. Um, oh. We have a florist. You know, I have it in the back of my mind, you know, mm. color schemes and things, but I don't have to worry about which flowers will go on to it because um, we have a team of wonderful florists who do that and our staff who's very knowledgeable. So, Well, that's that's amazing. And then um, and then and then coming back to your training as an herbalist and working with Cascade Anderson Geller, who if people, people, most people won't know who she is, but Cascade Anderson Geller is a famous herbalist and she really established, uh, was one of the four people who reestablished herbalism as a training ground. And Mm -hmm. and so if you use herbs, she's one of the women, Rosemary Gladstar is another one. Um, There's a, there's a few women out there who really, Susan Weed, Rosemary Gladstar, Cascade Anderson Geller. These are people who really brought back to life the study of herbs and the finding of the old lore. And she taught in Portland and really established the um, naturopathic clinic here. Mm-hmm. I met her once and uh, she was, she said that uh, when you have a lot of plants showing up in your garden, it's trying to like, if you have a lot of fever few or a lot of burdock or whatever it is, then the, the plant is telling you what's coming, the illnesses that are coming that year. So their plants are showing up predicting the illnesses that are, will be, need to be treated, and they're showing up to offer themselves because they know how the animals are going to get sick that year, which is amazing, isn't it? So amazing. And so um, I always like to ask herbalists when I meet them, what, sh- what are your favorite herbs? What are your two or three favorite herbs that you like, that you feel like is the best, one of the best healing herbs that you like to use for yourself? Oh gosh, I have so many of them that 
<laughs> I, have to, I have to have around. Um, one that comes to mind, which is also in the book, is uh, St. John's Wort. Mm. Uh, I use that a lot in salves and liniments and um, generally for good cheer. It, it's an amazing plant that works on a lot of different levels. Um, I really like show it. a picture of your drawing of that. I think I have it here. Yes. So this is, for those of you who are watching, this is the picture of the St. John's wort that Robin illustrated and is the card. So St. John's wort, it's very, it's like sunshine, right? It is. It is. So it's kind of known for um, helping with depression. Mm -hmm. Um, But also a lot of people don't know that it's, it's really good for moving blood and helping with trauma. If um, you use the flowers and you soak them in oil for two weeks, and then you use that, say, if you hurt yourself or um, like, say you slam your finger in a car door. That's one example that it's really traumatic and you're just like dying of pain. Your finger's starting to swell up. It's throbbing. If you run and get St. John's Ward oil on it immediately, 30 to 60 seconds later, the pain just stops. It's miraculous. So the quicker you put it on, the more dramatic um, effect you get. Mm-hmm. But it, it moves blood. So it disperses the blood. Oh. So um, takes the swelling away. Oftentimes, you don't even bruise. It's just, it's really amazing for immediate trauma. Um, Arnica kind of works like that. But I like St. John's better because you can put it on open wounds, which Arnica, you can't. Oh, good to know. You can put yeah. it on open wounds. Good to yeah, know. Yeah, so if you're, you know, you cut yourself, you're bruised up, you're scraped, you put that on. So it's a really wonderful first aid um, plant. Cottonwood, cottonwood buds, no open wounds. Cottonwood? Cottonwood bud, oil, oil of Gilead. Um, I've never used that for, so I don't know. Cause that I've used that one for, for that same thing, but I don't think it's uh-huh. an open wound one. Yeah. And usually isn't that in, um, you know, to extract it, you have to use a really strong alcohol base. That I never made, made, uh, herb, herbal medicine. So I don't yeah, know. Really I just, I just get it for my friends. <laughs> okay. Okay. But do you know if it's oily or is it oily. alcohol? Oh, it is. Okay, great. Yeah, then you probably could. So that's St. John's work. Give me one more. Um, Let's see, that's in the book or just general? Any, uh, up to you. I mean, imagine it's in the book. Okay, well, um, Lungwort is one of my favorites, and that's in there. And that's a lichen. I have two lichens in there, which both of them are pretty amazing, Usnia and and Lungwort. And I use those in cough syrup. Oh, and one more, it's about flexibility. And in this case, from, you know, my conversations with the plant, which is really amazing, keeping hydrated and flexible. So it works really nice in cough syrups. Nice. So those are some of your friends. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And how, talk to me about, um, so you're working with plants, your mom, your grandmom are big influences on you. You know that there's a strong, there's an urge to heal or learn about healing arts. And then something shifts. Is this true? Tell me if this is true, what I'm saying. 
something shifts and you begin to talk to the plants more directly or listen more directly. What, what is that? Do you, what is that journey from what's this plant to now I'm talking directly and they're talking back? Well, let's see. Um, it would have been, I think in the year 2007, um, I took an animal communication class. I took actually several. I was very lucky to um, learn from an, a, an amazing animal communicator, Mary Getton. And she lived in the Northwest at that time. She lives in, uh, I think, Florida now. But she was one of the earlier communicators. And so that kind of started me, first off, understanding that we can communicate with other beings other than our own species. And um, during, I think I took three different workshops with her. And then I started um, studying global shamanism, core principles of shamanism. So I did that for two years. And my first year, the end of my first year, um, one of our uh, assignments was to go out into the woods and find a plant and ask if we could uh, merge with it and just see what it felt like to, you know, be a part of that plant. And then and then be able to see if it had any information for us. So that was a huge uh, altering, life-altering experience for me. Because before then, I had talked to a couple of trees when I was practicing communicating with plants, I mean with animals. But I never really sat down and had an in-depth conversation with a plant until that experience. And... I don't know if you read it in the book, but um, in my introduction, I, I talk about it because it was it changed my world. So I basically sat down in the woods. I found a really pretty place to sit. It was out in the Claxcanine area. So I found a, a cedar and a fir tree, and I sat down in between those. And gosh, you know, our, our area is so amazing. You can sit in this little three-foot spot and see 20 different species just right there or more, you know. So I was looking around and I, you know, I knew a lot of these plants working with them over the years, but I wanted to find a plant that I really didn't know anything about, um, you know, so that I wouldn't be, uh, you know, have preconceived ideas or, you know, I just wanted to explore something different. And so I asked for a plant and I just looked over to my side and there was this little tiny rattlesnake orchid just kind of hidden there right next to me I mean it was like probably six inches away and I didn't see it at first and so I knew what the plant was just by seeing it I had identified it but I really knew nothing of the plant Uh, I didn't know if it was medicinal I really didn't know anything about it and so I was pretty excited because I've always admired them they're just beautiful little plants little shy little plants and um, they're actually are little orchids they're when they and up their little flower spike. So I um, asked permission if I could merge with it, and I did, and I just got the most amazing experience. It, it took me through, you know, all of starting in the ground, what its roots felt like, being, you know, safely tucked in the 
you know, the wonderful rich soil and then going up into its leaves um, and just how those felt. And But <laughs> the amazing part was when it started sending up its flower spike, it was, oh my God. <laughs> It was just, I mean, I felt the rush of, you know, this, I was the flower spike. I could feel that going up and the exuberance and just the joy and sending up a flower spike and then forming these little buds all along the flower spike. And it just, you know, it was almost overwhelming, the feeling, especially then those flower buds started popping open. And that was it was like an orgasmic experience. I just can't even describe it any other way. It's a little embarrassing, but um, it was very erotic and very um, just joyful and amazing to the point where, you know, after all these little bursts of all these flowers, you know, kept popping open one after the other. And I just, I, I just started crying. I was just, it was such a beautiful feeling of joy and release and then I sat there and realized this must be what all plants feel when they get to bloom and go through that cycle of, you know, the long winter's rest and then, you know, growing their, you know, their flowers and opening them and just that bursting forth was beautiful. Wow. That's amazing. It really was amazing. It really was amazing. So then, you know, after I kind of gained my composure and I unmerged from the plant and I asked it if there was, you know, anything that it, you know, wanted to tell me or maybe how it could be used. And it immediately said, um, I've been used for eons for childbirth. I said, oh, well, that's interesting. And I said, but, you know, I'm, I'm done with my childbirth years, you know, I, I had one child and I'm not birthing any more babies. <laughs> so is there any other thing that I, you know, could use you, um, use you for? And it so said just birthing of any issues, challenges, um, anything that you need help, like bringing forth and birthing out into the world um, to ease that process. And so it's like, wow, that's really wonderful. So I sat there and we talked to quite a bit um, you know, at first and, um, and actually I, I just was amazed. I was totally amazed that I, I felt really honored to be able to communicate with this plant in such a way and really felt like what it, or feel what it felt like to be a part of that plant or, and what it, it was about. So then afterwards, um, I went back and I was curious and I looked in my, um, Hojar book, um, Native Plants, and looked it up, and the Native Americans actually used it for childbirth. <laughs> oh, wow, you know, it's, it's always nice to get a little bit of, you know, uh, what's the word, um, positive uh, reinforcement of, you know, what you've heard, you know. So, so that kind of started the whole thing. And it's like, wow, I want to talk to some more plants. <laughs> this is fun. You know, this is amazing. Well, it's interesting that, um, and not for me at the stage of my magical life and psychic life, it's not surprising at all that that plant would tell you. And when I've talked to other herbalists, they're like, the plants, we know what the plants do because the plants tell us mm -hmm. what they do. 
and what they're what they want to offer to to the animals. And so um, it's really wonderful to hear a story about that. Um, I'll just say for the listeners who are curious about merging, um, in my experience, one of if you want to merge or you want to channel something, <clears throat> if you want to start learning that, it's good to find a teacher. But if you don't have one, listeners. Think about the plants as one of the safest realms to get into that kind of psychic relationship with. Because uh, even if the plant might be sort of like if you take it in, like you take, say you eat in a poison mushroom, you die. But if you talk to a poison mushroom or you get in a relationship with it psychically, it won't kill you. It'll talk to you and it'll tell you, don't eat me, I'll, you'll die. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you, it's one of the safest ways as a psychic to get in a relationship with other beings, humans, not so much. You don't want to merge with another human. You don't want to merge with a ghost. You don't want to merge with a, with a spirit being until you know more about how to do that and how not to do that. Even deities can be dangerous to merge with, but plants, I mean, if, what do you think about this, Robin? In my experience, plants are really almost always safe to get in a psychic connection with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always. I think that plants, they look at us, I've been told by by several plants, that they look at us as their, that we are their, their little children. Um, they're here to look after us. They, they want to see us um, grow and evolve and um, be happy and be a part of nature, you know, and you know, what they explained is, I mean, look at, I mean, through eons, we've done everything for you. We feed you, we clothe you, we house you, you know, with their materials. We, um, we heal you with our medicines. You know, we've always been for, been there for you in every realm. So it's, it's not surprising that they're there for us on a spiritual level too, you know, and I, I think, you know, our ancestors knew that, you know, and I mean, I know they knew that and we all kind of, I guess, know they knew that because they live closely with the plant world. They lived in the plant world. You know, we're in all our little houses now. And sometimes we forget that we're, we're a part of the plant world every day, you know? And um, so, so yeah, they're here to, to look after us and they only want to be asked. And, and, that's interesting. We're going to come back to they only want to be asked. Um, and our houses are made out of plants and minerals. Mm-hmm. And so those are two ancient ancestors that have been on the planet much, much, much longer than any warm-blooded animal has been. And so, yes, we are, and we are their descendants. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, they're our mother and father. They're our parents. They're our nurturers. And they gave birth to us in a way um and they're much older and wiser than we are we are we don't know what we're doing we just got here five seconds ago and we don't know what we're doing so relying on the wisdom of both the minerals and but today's topic is plants is really crucial for um psychics and uh, mystics to get in touch with because they'll guide us and they'll heat us he'll they'll do everything you just said but they you said they just want to be asked, right? Right. They want us. They want to reconnect with us, because you know this planet is really kind of at our mercy. I think, 
and they know that. Mm. So they really want to help, help us to be a part of it in a balanced way. And help us probably with everything. Oh, Uh, everything. Absolutely. And they're so compassionate. They're not judgmental. You know, that's what some people ask me. Well, are they, when you talk to them, are they like mad at us for screaming? Are they in in terrible grief? Are they mad? Are they, are we just, are they, you know, it's like such an angry God idea of the earth and also plants. (laughs) like nope absolutely they're not they're not neither are the animals it's amazing you know for all our screw-ups they're amazingly compassionate and understanding and they know they're they're worthy of like a little like you say we're just we just came here we're these little children who are trying to learn how to become one with everything which they already are Mm -hmm. that's right we're toddlers and you don't get mad at a toddler when they throw a temper tantrum (laughs) or you know wreck everything right okay well let's take a little break come back and talk more about the the animal communication and the plant communication and the deck here's a great way to support me in my efforts you can go to patreon.com forward slash ask pomegranate that's all one word if you want to get behind all the work I'm doing, it would be really helpful. Well, let's talk more about um, what the animals and the plants want us to ask for in a minute. But first, what's it like to be an animal communicator? How does that go? What are the animals like? And how do they, what do they have to say about things? And who, like, who do you communicate with in the animal realm? Well, mostly... Um... Domestic animals, people call me, yeah, mostly people call when there's a problem, you know, (laughs) they want to talk with their animals when, you know, they're needing more information or there's something going on that they need help with, Um, or the the animal may be getting ready to transition. Mm. So that actually is my, you know... I think my most favorite um, way of communicate or a time to communicate with animals is helping people during that time when they call me and say, I don't know if they're ready to leave, if I need to do something, if they want me to help them transition. Um, so that, that part I really like the most. It's just kind of a real sacred time and helping the animal and the person navigate through that really emotionally hard time. But a lot of times um, it's simple things like my cat is not using the litter box. (laughs) Mm. What can I do? What's going wrong? You know, what's going on or, Mm. you know, some other behavioral issue, which are, you know, challenging times to say the least to communicate with a being when it's, you know, having a hard time with something, but it, it is the time that people most, want information um, when I first learned animal communication with the the rule or the you know and I think this is mostly for learning because you need this kind of um you know what's the word caveat that uh you don't have to fix anything your job as a communicator is just to listen and um, get information and pass it along. It's not your job to fix a problem. And that's a great way to start. It relieves the pressure of, you know, feeling you're obligated to try to 
you know, make a change or change something. But as time goes on, really, that's what people are looking for. They're looking for help with change. They need, they need help. They need change. So just getting information sometimes isn't enough. You know, um, it can help, you know, with, with if there's something they need to change, which is usually the case. It's usually the people need to change something and the animals reacting um, because they need something different in their environment. So, and usually that's enough to do it, but sometimes it's also just getting the, you know, it's like a negotiation, getting, talking with the animal and, and instead of just an interview, it's, it's actually, you know, finding out what's going on for them. And oftentimes um, they may have misinformation or they've got something, you know, they're operating on a different uh, uh, understanding than their human is. So it's getting everybody on the same page. It's really important. So right. that that is, you know, kind of a, a biggie. But so... Oftentimes, you really have to explain to the animal, you know, what's going on for their human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, certain things humans have to have or they can't have or so that they see their behaviors in light with what the human expects or, you know, living with humans isn't the same as living in the wild. So a lot of times, you know, it's just making that really clear because, as humans, we give, we oftentimes give mixed messages without knowing it. Um, and our animals have a hard time sometimes understanding us because we are so, you know, we're thinking about 10 things at once, you know, or, or um, so having that clear time to really break something down where there may be some, if you discover there is some kind of misunderstanding, that helps a lot. So if I have an animal that's uh, acting and strange and I don't know what to do and I want to get in touch with you Mm -hmm. um, to hire you to talk to my animal, can you do that from a distance, for instance? Like, yes, yes. It's all done telepathically. So you can talk to an animal that's like 3000 miles away, for instance. Yes, absolutely. Okay. How do I get a hold of you? Tell us how people can get a hold of you to, to do that. Same website that you said earlier. Um, there is a link on there for animal communication. So bluebugarts.com. Bluebugarts.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you go to askpomegranate.com, there'll be a link there to it if you can't write it down right now. But if you got an animal and you need a reading from Robin, you can hire her. And you can go to bluebugarts.com and click the link to animal communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Robin, what if someone wants to learn how to be an animal communicator? Like they've got the gift, but they don't know how to do it. Do you teach people or would you recommend somebody to them? You know, I don't know anybody currently right now. I'm sure there are, um, people in the area. I haven't really looked it up, but periodically, usually about every two to three years, I teach a class. Okay, so sometimes you teach class. So, so if people started emailing you asking for a class, they could get on your email list or you would be probably inspired to do it a little sooner maybe even? 
Yes, absolutely. Maybe you bet you'd be inspired. Yeah, during times of COVID, I don't know, it's a little harder, um, definitely, because it's not something I would feel comfortable doing, like on Zoom, doing remotely. Oh, well, people, so only people in Portland then can Well, con- people travel, yeah. I mean, when I do a weekend yeah. workshop, they travel and they stay. Although we also, work. guys, just to let you know, I might convince Robin to do a Zoom class because they're really easy, Robin. <laughs> And they're and they're good, and it's a great way to connect with people all over. And when I teach Zoom classes, I get people from all over the country coming yeah. in. So I'm just might I might convince her to. Yes, yeah, so you're so a good, you might, good example. You might, you, might yeah. nudge, you might nudge her a few times uh, if you want to learn it, because I think that you could really learn how to animal. If you've got that, I know people really want to know how to do it if they've got the skill, they've got the the inclination, but they. They don't have the skill set. Right. Well, now, part of the thing, and maybe you have come up against this, where, where I haven't been able to figure out how to do that is is the actual practice. So after we, you know, talk about the different ways of um, being able to tie into your telepathic abilities, then we actually practice, and it's a one-on-one with another student, and you take turns practicing these different things. So no problem. I'll teach you how to do that. I can tell you, you can how to do, do that, that online. Yep. Uh, wow. Okay. It's called, it's called breakout rooms. Ah. Yeah. It's because I, I've taught during COVID. I had a period where I taught psychic skills to people. And what you do is you put them in there's rooms called break, breakout rooms. I'll talk, talk to you about it oh, okay. later. Cool. Thank you. Well, um, that can be done for sure. It's easy. It's easy. So encourage you, if you want to learn from Robin and you're not in Portland, go to her website, bluebugarts.com and read her an email and that'll, that you might get a class going. Um, okay. Now, and also probably that goes double for plant communication too, right? You also teach that occasionally? Um, I haven't, but I easily could. I mean, it's the same principles for sure. Yeah. So... Okay, yeah. good. Well, um, so your book, it's called Native Plant Spirit Wisdom Messages from the Plant World by Robin Blumel. And uh, you have also a deck of cards that goes along with it. You can purchase the card separately. You can purchase the book. You can get a book on Kindle, um, all at the same website, bluebugarts.com. And uh, uh, for those of you watching, I'll show that while we t- continue to talk. But um, tell us about the deck. What's going on with this deck? Well, there's 34 plants that I interviewed. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Those of you watching, uh, we we just put the we put the book in the deck up on the on the page so you can see it, and you'll see that again too if you go to my website. Go ahead, Robin. Tell us about the so, deck. So um, I drew all these plants when they were blooming, or if they weren't blooming, like the lichen doesn't bloom, but um, mostly these in the spring when these these plants were you know out there most vibrant. And so then I also made um, flower or plant essences from them. And then when I was ready to paint their images, I used the plant essence in the watercolor. So I, to help kind of imbue more of their 
vibrational energy into the image. And then scan them all into the computer and put them on backgrounds and cut them out and and um, why these plants what 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 brought you to these particular plants well these are plants that i've grown up with in the pacific northwest and that i've always loved and admired so they've they've been with me since my childhood um but these were like my closest plants and it was really hard to stop at 34. I mean, there are so many amazing plants and there's so many amazing plants that I wish I could have put into this as well, but I never would have been able to finish this. <laughs> this took me 13 years as it was to finish all this and working full time and um, up raising my two granddaughters and all the wow. life brings. So I had to stop somewhere. Uh, these, these are ones, plants that are just dear to me. Um, wow so how long did it take you 13 years wow yeah that's how long it takes it really (laughs) and and you know the reason why it's it's the drawing sure it's the writing again but it's really the spiritual work in a in a real good deck that's not just and I'm not getting against the tarot riffs on because there's a lot of decks out there that are just riffs on Pixie Smith's Rider Waite deck. Um, and they're just riffs on that. And and they're beautiful and often very powerful and useful. But Pixie did all of the work uh, of opening the magical gate to those. And that's why people use them to riff off of. In your case, you're actually starting from scratch with each plant in a deep I imagine that 13 years was partly the deep spiritual work of getting deeply involved with that plant. So what was it like to be so imbued with the, with this plant as you drew it, as you meditated on it, as you merged with it, as you wrote about it, what was it like? Uh, I was in a, each plant that I was able to be a part of and work with, I just felt incredibly grateful starting off. It just was like such an honor to be able to be a part of this plant's world and to get to know it. Um, you know, it's like getting to know a new friend, you know, that excitement of, of learning about them and learning about their lives and what you have in common or just connecting with another being. Um, this was like developing a relationship with each one of these plants. So it was an, it was an incredible experience for me that, um, it's one of the highlights of my life. I mean, I do nothing else in my life. I, I'm just grateful that, that I was able to do this because it was, it was an amazing journey for me and gave me a richer, deeper connection to all of nature, but just, just being able to communicate and talk with individual plants. So it's kind of like, um, you know, when you were talking about devas and um, each plant that I talked with, I, I talked with an individual plant. So I wasn't talking with like a group of plants mm. or that family of plants or the deva of, or overseer of that plant. Mm. I was talking with an individual. Um, and so that made it really personal. So that was, 
It was pretty fun. Really fun. <laughs> I, guess I bet it was like, super fun. I bet it was like really wonderful. Oh, yes. and, and every single message, uh, it felt like a personal message to me too. You know, yeah. messages are for everyone. When I first started this, I just thought this was for me and maybe a small circle of my friends I would share this with. But after a while, I was told many times quite directly that this wasn't just for me and my tribe. This this was meant to be to go out into the world. And I ended up making a promise mm. that I would finish this work and I would do my best to um, clearly hear what they were trying to tell me and relate it in the best way I, that I could. Um, so... You know, it's kind of funny. I, I, well, I want to tell the story about how we got into this interview because I think it's hilarious, kind of hilarious. Um, so I, I met Robin before because she'd come to a workshop of mine, but I hadn't seen you in years. And it was a workshop with like 30 or 40 people. And when I'm in workshops, teaching a workshop, I am in another realm. I'm not really registering the faces. Plus, I have a little face blindness. I'm not really registering the faces of people. And, um, and, <laughs> So we were, I was on a walk with my friends through a foresty garden and ran into a friend, an old friend of mine. And Robin was with the friend. I talked to the friend for a while and we all had face masks on. And I swear it was the garden that was like, you show me now in this time, in this place. And, and I was like talking to Martha for a while. And then I went, wait a minute don't I know you too? Face mask on, everything. I had a face mask on. I couldn't believe anybody recognized anybody. And you're like, yeah, remember me? I took your workshop. I'm like, oh, wow. So then we parted ways. We we can all continued in separate paths, walking around the garden. And then the garden made us meet up again. It was big. It's a big <laughs> garden. And, all, and the, it was almost like, look, the point of why you're together meeting has not been met yet. So get it together. And that's when we heard about Rob. I heard about Robin's deck, and I'm like, I'm running it. I'm doing a deck too. Oh my goodness, this is so interesting. So it was all the plant. I think it was the garden, the plants of that garden that were trying to bring us together because they were like, "Can you get Robin to talk about the plants and the cards? <laughs> we really want the cards out there." And yeah. you're you're a little shy, so um, I want to thank you for being willing to talk to me today. Um, but I also like really for me what happens with and I'm just wondering about it for you too it's like what was it like when you were imbued in the skunk cabbage for instance because like when I'm making my deck I and it also is taking me 15 years um, because I live each card so I've got 49 cards is that right and each card I had to live through I had to live the life of that card. I had to really live it and it had to come through me and change my life. And I had to take the message and I had to imbue it. Like, so I have one more card to paint. I have no more cards, just one, but I can't do it right yet because I'm not ready for that big a commitment that I know painting that card will be. It's like design, but it's not painting yet. It's like, I have to live through it. <laughs> right. So what was it like, for instance, with skunk cabbage or pick one, Pick a card that was kind of an intense one for you to, to go through. I'm sticking with Skunk Cabbage. I don't know why. Well, Skunk Cabbage is a great, great card. We can talk about that. Um, or a great plant. Um, you know, each time I 
open the door to talk to a plant. Well, first off, I wanted to say um, that after talking with a few plants, I figured out basically that I only needed to ask one question, and that was, what would you like to say to us humans to help us to be better people? Um, And so that kind of narrowed it down, because when I was first talking with plants, I was getting all of this information. Um, A lot of it was medicinal, and I really didn't want to... um, Focus on medicinal plant medicine because there are so many wonderful books out there already. And so I kind of then asked, you know, to just really focus on more of a spiritual, you know, what, what can we, what can you help us or what can you say to us to help us to learn what we're supposed to learn or to remember what we're supposed to remember? Because we really know all this stuff. It's just mm. we need help remembering it sometimes oh, wow and so with that each plan I talked to was like this new excitement what am I going to hear you know what am I going to what are they going to tell me what am I going to learn about and uh, some of them were incredibly um oh I don't know what's the word serious you know about their subjects but in a very compassionate way others were humorous some plants, um, well, like skunk cabbage, was I call that one of the more activist plants. They they're, they wanted to talk about a you know water and our responsibility of of our water to this planet and protecting it and keeping it clean because we all need clean water. So a couple plants were kind of like little you know echo uh, activists and. Um, other plants were had messages that were, to me, were things that I had been struggling with, trying to understand, um, like, let's see, um, elderberry, blue elderberry. I, growing up, thought that um, judgment and discernment were the same thing. Mm. And this was something I was having a hard time with because they're not the same thing at okay. all. And so this plan in particular just really spoke to that to help me understand the differences between judgment and discernment. And that was huge. That was a huge thing for me personally to get that, that knowledge of that difference. Um, so some of the, the stories were just wisdom that I really personally needed myself I mean all of them are I mean all of them are ones that I can look back and use and be reminded of and so that's the lovely thing of it when I need something I draw that card and boy that's that's the message I need to hear right then and then that's that's let you know because you've lived it that that card is that card is holding is a gate for the energy of that plant yeah. And that that is going to be useful. It's useful yeah. to you, so it'll be useful to others. That's how you know. That's how you do a divination deck, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, listen, let's take a little break. And when we come back, let's talk, uh, let's delve into a one or two of the uh, cards, maybe elderberry. And just here, I'd like, to, I'd like that, that information about the difference between judgment and discernment. I think that, it's a really good thing to know about, and I'd like to know about it. So let's come back and hear, delve into it and hear about how you can, one, if one can use the deck, how the deck will be used. 
So let's okay. take a little break. We'll be right back. Robin was just talking to me on the break about um, how plants are requiring, asking us for stillness. Could you talk about that a little bit? Well, it's part of actually the, the space you need to be in to be able to communicate with anything, you know, any plant, animal, mineral, fairy realm, whatever. It's, we need it to be in our personal place of stillness. It's that place of balance and calmness you know, our center. So in any of this work, and and I'm sure in the same kind of work you do, is we have to get to that quiet place. And they operate from that place all the time because they're always living in this personal place of balance. Mm. And so we we need to also be able to get into that quiet state to be able to get to hear them. So. Right. Okay. Well, listen, um, how, how do we use the cards? Like if I got the deck of cards, how would I use it? Well, um, there's actually any way you want it. You can use them. I, I've kind of experimented with different ways. And I, I, in one of the cards, I have a little list of different ways that you can ex- use them. But you could do like a card for the day. Like what, do I, what would be good for me to know today? And you could just draw one card a day. You can draw a spread, like cards that would represent past, present, future, and something important that I need help with right now. Um, You know, you can use them like you do any divination deck. Okay. It's just really for what do I need to know right now? Or, Or the other thing I like to do is who wants to work with me right now? Oh, that's good, too. Because you're asked, the question you've asked these plants is, what do you want the humans to know? Is that what, what the question you've asked? Yeah. What's the question? Yeah, what do you want us to know that would help us to be better humans? Okay. I mean, because really, as they've explained, they understand we're here on this journey. Um, whether you believe in reincarnation or not, we're here to learn, you know, and Many times it's over and over and over till we get our lessons. And so they understand that this is a really hard, stressful place. And we, that this earth, this beautiful earth we live in is providing this perfect um, um, pool, you know, our classroom that we get to interact with and learn the lessons that we've come here to learn. They get that. Yeah. I mean, it just seems to me like when through talking to you, it just feels like the plants, if you're ever lonely, if you're ever in despair, if you're ever confused, uh, the plants are your friends. They're there for you when the humans can't aren't showing up because sometimes humans get overwhelmed, they get traumatized and they can't show up and they're acting badly. Right. You can at least, you can at most, uh, I have a treasure trove of the plant that's immediately to your left. It's in your house or the tree that's outside your bedroom window or right. the weed that's through the crack of the sidewalk yeah. is there. And it's there in the most opulent, friendly, giving way. That's what I'm hearing you say. And that all you have to do is pay, come to a little place of stillness and pay attention. Yes, and you can yeah. receive, and you said earlier, you just have to ask, right? 
Exactly. And, you know, that reminds me, um, Rattlesnake Orchid gave me a nice little lesson um, that it, this might be a good time to share because it, it ties in with this. And it's a really simple, simple thing that helps us to connect with a plant and receive its vibrational energy. Um, and a part of, you know, once you ask permission or say, you know, ask that I would really like to know you. Um, and, it, and it basically just consists of um, taking your hand and say this plant here, if I wanted, I wanted, I wanted the energy of this plant. I, I want to know what this plant feels like. I want to be a part of this plant and take it into myself. So what she said was to just take your hand and clockwise circle around the plant, envisioning, drawing its energy into your palm. And just do that until you feel like you've got it. Sometimes like right now, I'm feeling this little tingling in my hand. Um, I'm feeling its vibration. I'm feeling its energy. And when I feel like I just kind of got it, then take it over your heart and go counterclockwise. Oh. And release that same energy into your heart. And it's, wow. it's just like, it's there now. And she said, now we are forever your allies. We're part of your DNA. We're always there for you whenever you want to call upon us. And that was just like the most wonderful little gift because, you know, I grew up in a, you know, learning ingesting plants. You know, you try them, you make tea, you make tinctures, you make saps, you, you do all these different ways where you're taking the plant and manipulating it and ingesting it or applying it. And a lot of plants you can't do that with. Um, plants that are like endangered or poisonous, mm -hmm. like um, wild delphinium, you have to find other ways. And so this is a lovely way to be able to, you know, partake of that plant's energy without having to harm the plant or harm yourself. <laughs> right. Oh, it, it just, it just feels like um, whenever I get in relationship to plants and you're really bringing me in deeply to this experience right now, which is that it's such a different world, whereas we humans get into a kind of um, money exchange, barter, you know, what are you giving me? What am I giving you? I don't know if I have enough. Do you have enough? It's a totally different experience, which is we're exuberantly generous plants. Plants are exuberantly generous. And the, and the thing they want from us is to receive and to relax into receiving which is hard for the humans currently culturally mm -hmm. i mean <clears throat> i think of the potlatch from first nations people on this coast where they the rich people will go oh we got too much stuff we got to give it away and they would just fill their this uh tree with all of their stuff for the community to come and take and then everything would be even again and it's that potlatch experience that the plants also give they're just exuberantly generous that's a wonderful, really feeling it yeah, <laughs> with, that's with talking wonderful, to you wonderful way to describe that yeah so that's really what it's all about so it's it's getting in that quiet place asking for their help asking 
to be one with them, really. You know, that's what that little exercise is about. Or when we ingest a plant or we take it for its medicine or just even admiring its beauty. Every time you look at a plant and go, oh, what a beautiful flower. Or, oh, my goodness. They love that. That's just like sending them love. And yes. They, and they give it back, you know. It's, yes. It's so it's, beautiful. It's really... the thing we're, we're doing all the time. We're just not cognizant that we're doing it and so I think what this work has done for me is um every time I'm out in nature you know I I look at plants differently you know I I look at them as like individual you know beautiful beings that my path is crossing and it's it's such a wonderful little gift. It, it's hard to stroll very far, you know. Um, you're just like a little kid in a candy shop, you know. It's just there's all these amazing beings that are just like waiting to um, connect with us on whatever level that we're open to connecting with. That's the nice thing. There is no wrong or right way, you know. They're just here for whatever way we can connect. And it, I think it's also really beautiful that you can connect with Doug Fur, mm-hmm. but you're going to connect with that Doug Fur. Like my Doug Fur in my backyard is a really good friend of mine now. And mm-hmm. it's like that guy, which who's he, I said to him, what's your name? I said to them, they're mm-hmm. not gendered. I said, what's your name? And they said, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Doug, that's cool with me. Got a sense of humor. And then, and then Doug's like, mulch. I'm like, mulch, got it. <laughs> but let's let's go into one of the cards. Um, you're gonna do Smith's Fairy Bells, is this correct? Yeah. I this one's kind of in your honor. Ah. Uh, yeah. So uh will you will you tell us more or read this information you that know, the Smith Fairy Bell it. told you? I am terrible about paraphrasing. I'm just not good at it. Just read it so, to us. Let's read Let's yeah. read this part it, of the book. It's pretty short. It doesn't take very long. I'm just going to hold the picture up for those of you watching on YouTube of this illustration while Robin reads. So this one's called Smith Fairy Bells, and its Latin name is Disporum Smithii. And it starts off saying, oh, yes, I do like being aligned with the fairy realm through both my name and connection with the Fey world, and by bridging this path between nature, spirits, and humans. My name, Fairy Bells, evokes images of an ancient and nearly forgotten world that humans once believed in and respected. We and other, others of the Fairy Bell species are a reminder that nature spirits of the plant, animal, mineral, elemental, and fairy realms do still exist. We encourage you once again to look for the enchantment that na- nature offers. If you see one of us in mid-spring when we are blooming in the forest lands, look more closely to find our unique white tubular flowers hidden under deeply veined leaves. Our presence is a personal invitation to reconnect with the nature spirits that live in your area or your ancestral lands. Living in a modern fast-paced technological era, Finding one's balance in nature is ever so vital. Nature spirits everywhere are trying their best to tend to all of the beings on the planet, humans included, by continuing to oversee nature's development and well-being, often in an unbalanced environment. In these uncertain times of global warming, pollution, 
a disconnected humanity, and lack of respect for the natural world, nature spirits have an even harder job tending to the planet's energetic and physical balance. Nature spirits are concerned and once again would like to connect with humans on a deeper level to help you remember the old ways of reciprocity. This is a great time for you to accept their invitation and explore our connected worlds. Maybe you've noticed a particular plant, animal, bird, insect, or mystical being that keeps attracting your attention. Nature spirits may be trying to connect with you through the physical plane or even through your dream times. Invite them into your space and be open to the magical possibilities of connection. Also, this is a perfect time to be out in nature more often or to observe nature in your home space, increasing the opportunity to to discover and connect with these ancient beings. Find others who support and share your quest for rekindling nature spirit contact and knowledge, like pomegranate. (laughs) Most likely, there is a nature spirit who wishes to be your ally and help guide you at this time. Remember that all plants and all nature spirits want to be of service by helping humans connect to the natural world, sharing our timeless journey in partnership with each other. Let us enchant you. And then a little mandala that goes with this was enchantment, remembering the connection of nature spirits with humans. So each card has a mandala, right? And they, and the mandala has a little tagline to reduce it down to that. Um, Yeah. Enchantment is so um, such an important thing. And to be able to find it through going, coming to stillness and working with that plant Could I, if I didn't know what that plant was, could I sit in my quiet room and call that plant to me? Absolutely. One thing that I've also found too is, you know, that little thing I was showing you about gathering the energy of a real plant. Mm -hmm. You can do that with an image. I've tried that with an image, like a photograph. Mm -hmm. You didn't have uh, Smith's fairy bells or you didn't have this book or a card. You could look at, look at in a book and, or online even. I I never tried it on a computer. I don't know, but it's probably still works through that whole, you know, the airwaves or whatever that is. But, but, but basically just sit and, and do the same thing and gather in that energy and ask that plant you know, to be, or, or envision it. It's just really focusing. That's all this does is it helps us to focus our energy and to, you know, connect with it. But we, we don't have to do that to be able to connect with a plant just by wanting, you know, to connect with a plant. I think that that's a strong enough connection. And so that's, that's something to be aware of, uh, listeners. Um, now I'm going to go, I always go a little bit into teacher mode because I can't help myself. So here I go into teacher mode uh, for the listeners, which is to really know that you, there's nobody between you and magic. There's nobody between you and a plant. You can get help. You can get the, the help of another person who knows more to help you get there. But you have direct access to the enchantment of that fairy bell um, plant because you have focused your attention on it. Mm-hmm. And we focus our attention. We set our intention. We focus our attention. We set our intention, which is to receive the plant 
And then through that, you can have a direct relationship and the cards will support you in that. And the book will support you in it available, also available on Kindle, the book. Um, so I just want you to feel empowered listeners to have that direct relationship. You don't need me or Robin or anybody else for you to do this. If you want to get a hold of Robin, you can. Robin will help you with it. But you don't need any of us because we're all empowered in our each in our individual relationship. Right now, you can get in, to, into a relationship with the wood that built your house. There's wood in your house. And that's a tree. And that tree is still alive in its ancestor nature. And you can still, you are receiving the benefits of it. And you can always receive the benefits of it just by paying attention to the, those wooden beams in your house. And you remember, you're living inside of a plant right now. All of us are in minerals. You know, um, drywall is the mineral. So I'm sitting on a concrete floor, my hilarious concrete floor, which is slanted and I keep sliding over. <laughs> so just, I just want to empower everybody to really, you know, just think of your favorite plant and wave your hand around in the clockwise message. I love this technique, Robin, and then place it on your heart and then counterclockwise. The other words for this are um, sunwise and, or diasol. Um, and these two clockwise and counterclockwise come later. It's sunwise and diasol, anti-sunrise. And those things will bring, do that magic of bringing that plant to your heart and giving you a deeper relationship. The plant will start talking to you. If you want to learn how more to talk to the plant, we can always contact Robin and bother her to make a Zoom class. Robin, you can do a Zoom class. I believe in you. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That is really well spoken. I'm glad you said that because all of these things are just avenues to open doors, but you, but really we don't, all the doors are right there for us individually. Sometimes Ooh. we just need a little help, but really we have the key to all the doors already. We have the key to all the doors. Listen yeah. to Robin. <laughs> I'm going to read, I'm going to read a little bit of the blue elderberry, what the blue elderberry said to you. Oh, and cool. uh, you two people, this is the drawing. Is this the same elderberry that we do for our cold tops and colds? Um, well, you can. Um, some of them are the, this is our native elderberry. And then they're also, they use black elderberry, which is from Europe. They're mm-hmm. very, very similar. So I do use blue elderberry um, for, for colds. For but, your elderberry syrup? But a lot of formulas are with the black elderberry. So you, have, you would have to look. Some of them are, though. All right. Okay, and I'll just say, uh, your father smells like elderberry for you Monty Python fans. Um, <laughs> so the elderberry, which would be nice. I wouldn't mind if my father, he did kind of smell like elderberries. Um, so the blue elderberry is a discernment and respect. And I'm just going to read a little bit of the blue elderberry, which says, the wisdom I offer is to remind you of the difference between discernment and judgment. This distinction can be difficult to understand. It's difficult for me, my goodness, Uh, since it seems like everything in your human world exists of a framework of judgment. (laughs) So true. Life's events can either right be right, be either right or wrong, black or white, left or right, good or evil. The list is rather long. You know, right? Like, I just want to stop and say, right? This is the (laughs) cultural mindset we're in now 
we're we're diametric, diametrically opposed just because we are. And I, it's not helpful. With such polarity, there will always be hard feelings and misunderstandings and intolerance. Feeling that you may know what's best for another. I always do think I know what's best and I'm <laughs> frequently wrong, just to let you know. Um, or <laughs> that you are essentially uh, better than another are just a few of the pitfalls of judgment. I'm really trying. I just love this because, Robin, I'm really working on not being judgmental. And be in the, for me, the opposite of judgmental is being in a place of acceptance um, and out of your ego. And I just really, really appreciate the plant wants to talk about this. I feel like going and getting a black elder, a blue elderberry tree in my yard. I always That's feel like doing really it. plant one. The berries are delicious. If you have space, they're absolutely wonderful. And I you don't, know, it seems like I don't know if I have space, not, but I oh, yeah. I don't care. I don't know if I care. I'll just stick as many trees in the yard as I can. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go on. We we have the plant kingdom do not acknowledge the concept of judgment. Okay, so they can teach us about it. Great. Discernment works much better. It allows us to live in harmony with each other. With discernment, we plants, as well as humans, get to choose what resonates with us personally. Oh, my God. That's what it's all about. It's not about whether or not you're good about it. It's about whether or not I'm drawn or repelled. Right. Or neutral. That's the other option. I got goosebumps when you read that yeah that was this is the lesson this is it's, it in a nutshell it's powerful with us. yeah so simple so simple i literally am having dream after dream about this at night it's like i'm having dreams where i'm around people and things and objects and, ha- and buildings that i don't want to be around and then i have to in the dream go i don't think this is for me and not go i don't like you there you this, go this is rotten and that smells um, it's more i have to every night for like the last week i have to go this isn't for me and then learn in the dream to move away. So it's this very thing. You are getting that in your dream time. That's fabulous. Which is this issue of discernment. Discernment. Because you if you don't judge, what are you going to do? Yeah. Then you, then you're just like neutral and anything can happen and you can be anywhere. And uh, no, we need discernment. For a long time thinking they were the same and they're not the same at all. Yeah. Okay, keep reading. So I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun to hear me read it back to you. Um, yeah, it is fun. I'm just trying to find it. We just, with this sermon, we plants as well as humans get to choose what resonates with us personally. In this way, we only take what that which serves our highest good. My, yeah, I'm, oh, I love this. And leave behind energies that are not vibrating with us. Oh, this plant has been trying to teach me this in my dreams. Or that lack of loving connection. I want to read that again because it's too good. In this way, we only take that which serves our highest good. And we leave behind energies that are not in vibration with us or that lack a loving connection. We are thus able to live closely with our other species without competing for the same resources. So this is very powerful because rather than judge and like you think about i've been in many circles of friends in the past not now the second you leave the room you're like are they talking we were just talking about somebody and then you go you leave and you go are they talking about me now 
because we're still staying in that relationship, even though it's not a loving connection. And so you can leave situations and people, not because you're mad at them or you hate them or you think they're wrong, but just because you can't establish that vibration where you're in a loving connection. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Good point. This book is chalk a block of this kind of wisdom, native plant spirit wisdom and the deck messages from the plant world by Robin, Robin Blumel. And I hope I'm getting your last name, right? Robin. Yeah. You got it. You know what? I think you have to go a little bit further because there's, gonna... there's a really important thing that they brought up. I'm going to do it. Just because something is not right for us does not mean it isn't right for the one growing next to us. With respect, we leave for others what that which does not serve our highest good. If respect is not involved, it is really another form of judgment. Yeah, that's a big one. That kind of reminds me of uh, Marie Kondo. Have you ever done any Marie Kondo work? So Marie comes into a home and she talks to the house first and says, hello to the house. You're a good house. But then when she's getting rid of things, she says, if it doesn't feed your joy, which I think is great, then you say to it, I don't want to say it to anything I have here because I want it all. You say to it, thank you. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. you, You give gratitude to the thing so this this plant the blue elderberry is teaching us to leave a resource for another but also not judging anybody but also allowing ourselves to discern this what what's coming to me is not a loving connection for me so i'll leave it for another yeah because it could be a lesson that other persons like if we think, oh, this is not right, or this is not good, or this doesn't feel right. And then so we put a judgment on, well, this is bad. But really, it might be for someone there next to us that needs to learn the lesson around, around that or needs to understand the bigger picture of the energy around that, you know, that they're going through their own learning process. So instead of, you know, judging whether it's good or bad, it's just that's not for us. That doesn't you know, feel right for me. And that makes it a lot easier. Um, and I use this a lot during the Trump years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it helped me to understand a lot um, for what he was doing was is helping for all of us to learn other lessons um, in different realms. So instead of just, you know, getting so wrapped up in the good and the bad, um, yeah, well, it's it's important to navigate it. And it, it seems like this will help us. These plants are really going to help us navigate um, the weather that we're going through. Yeah. The weather and the, the global warming or the global weirdness, the cl- climate weirdness is what my husband calls it, yeah. um, that we're currently going through. The plants can help us wisely navigate that, I think. But also you can just navigate your own experience of your life. Uh, Because I I just think that the point of life, here's me going off now on a little tangent, but I think the point of life is to remember how interconnected we are. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, become our own individual selves as much as we possibly can and as authentically as we can. And if you think about it, like you're just really making me understand more deeply that 
is what plants do. Mm -hmm. They remember through the roots and the branches, through the breathing in and out of oxygen and carbon, carbon dioxide, monoxide, one of those carbons, that we are interconnected. But at the same time, it is an individual plant. That plant is its own being. It's blooming in its own way. It's doing a shape of its own self. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very good teacher. Each plant is a very good teacher. Yes. And I, one of the things that I'm really excited about is, is knowing that, you know, I could go and meet a different fairy bell, not the one that's growing in my yard. I could go and find another fairy bell and I could ask it the same question and get a completely different answer. You know, it's, it's like, it's reminding me, okay, we're all humans, but you talk to one human, they're not going to say the same thing if you ask them the same question as you, you know, ask the next guy. Everybody's got their own, you know, their own ideas and, and thoughts or what they're wanting to share at that particular moment in that particular time. So that to me was really important remembering in this in this work, you know, these plants are trying to share knowledge and wisdom and medicine as they call it with us but you could get that same information talking to a different plant right because it's all universal knowledge Mm -hmm. but i love that these plants they they kind of um talked about subjects that oftentimes connected with maybe our human perceptions of those two, which was kind of fun. I, I thought some similarities um, in that, just ways that we would help to remember or connect. So it was kind of a complex thing, I think, about you know, hearing about the different subjects that they actually chose to talk to us about, but also you know, for having people know that you can go talk to a plant and you may get that same information, but you may get something totally different. And that, and the beauty in that is just spectacular, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can imagine if you pulled the fairy bells and you're like, you wanted to be serious that day and the fairy bells like, no, it's about enchantment today for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you can be serious, but really you're going to go find some enchantment, breathe or accept right. that, do that work of the receiving the plant and bring it to your heart. Because we, uh, I love that enchantment piece because we get so disconnected from the daily magic uh, and culturally it's frowned upon and we're mocked and it's getting more popular, but it's like, you your own relationship to direct connection to the magical realms of of nature i mean the whole world you're a magical being everybody's a magical being and you allow to uh notice the power of magic uh and that that kind of enchantment it's been so disnified so that it has to be spectacular and you have to see it and it has to like be videotaped and before you'll believe it. (laughs) And actually the truth is enchantment is very subtle and the magic of it is very subtle. Magic is the subtle art. It's subtle. So you have to be still and look for the subtleties of it. And then you have to convince your brain not to talk you out of it. You have to accept that you experienced it. So that plant is encouraging you to find the enchantment. So, and also Christianity um, has gone a little rogue in, which started out in a very magical way, but it's gone rogue and now it's magic is bad. So, you know, if you've been raised Christian, it's, it's really hard 
there's other religions that where it's easier to stay with the magic, but Christianity has really gone off the rails with that one. Um, not the Catholics so much because we're, we're we're into magic. Uh, I don't know. I'm an ex-Catholic. Yeah, I, I didn't get any. I'm, I'm glad you found some, but I didn't get any magic. Well, it, I mean, the whole the whole thing that happens with Catholicism every Sunday is the priest goes, and now I call in Christ into this little cardboard piece of whatever it is, and I call him in, and there's a cone of power. He raises <laughs> it, cone of power, and yeah. you know. It's a mystery religion. It's all, those, it's all those those rituals that I think they probably gathered from, you know, the pagans. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. They did. You know, uh, but, you know they stole they stole them all through the centuries from the pagans. Right, but, right. Um, you know, it, but it that's is a way to to be able to connect with some kind of you know spirit. We whatever way it is, we just need to have a connection, and that's the beauty of all spiritual spirituality you know whether we find it through nature or through religion or whatever it's it's just the enchantment of it and plants are are direct immediate constantly around us constantly in us constantly surrounding us constantly breathing to us constant Mm -hmm. constant gifts 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 if we can learn to receive we can learn that uh, relationship is always there for us and we can find healing solace enchantment joy wisdom and that's what your deck's about so if you want to get the deck y'all you can go to um blue bug arts at dot com and get the deck get the book and um it'll probably make i mean i just want to sell this book for you because uh, i I know i'm sounding a little bit like an advertisement (laughs) right now i don't have advertisements on the podcast because i don't like them i don't like them but i'm just enthusiastic about this and i think you're you're a little small little operation you're just doing it all yourself and i just really think that it's a beautiful gift to give someone and there's so much wisdom in this book and i encourage you all uh, to go and think about getting that for yourself and others. And it's not very much money. And Robin is doing it all herself. Like she's doing it all herself. She's publishing it herself. She's printing it herself. It's, it's very, um, you know, we're. Hopefully if I could get it. Yeah. And it's just like, a, it's an act of love. <laughs> it's an act of devotion to the plants and to humans and the relationship between the two of you, us that's Robin's working for. So I encourage you all. It's really well written too. And it's each one is only like two pages. So it's a easy read too. Um, plus there's two different illustrations and they're all done by someone who knows what they're doing. And uh, Robin, let me just take a little break and we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more about how people can get in touch with you if they want you to work with them with the cards, plant essences and so forth. Okay. Okay. 520-222-9922. 9922. You can ask pomegranate. You can ask pomegranate. Jesus.
if someone wanted to see you, could they get go to your web page, bluebugarts.com, and get a hold of you to do like a reading or the cards or plant stuff or animal stuff? Are you available for that? Absolutely. I do have a link for um, Native Plant Spirit Wisdom Readings um, so that if someone did want my assistance in a plant reading, that we could do a Zoom meeting and after I would draw the cards. Um, yeah, there it is. I'm, for the YouTube listeners, I'm showing the webpage bluebugarts.com where you have little buttons for native plant wisdom, spirit readings and animal communication. And then there's also look at these native plant spirit wisdom books and cards, cards. So yeah, cool. Nice website, by the way. Thank you. So you go to the website and there it all is. They can get a hold of you, right? Yes. Yes. What would your reading be like? And um, you told me something about plant essences or. Well, after we, you know, I would, um, draw cards for the person about five cards that would you know um, address if there was anything in particularly that they were having um, questions or issues in their life that they would like a little information on and then also something you know card a card that would um, maybe represent what's been going on with them in their past and what's been going on right now and then future um, something to look forward, a message in the future. So drawing a spread to kind of look at a big picture. And then um, when we were done, you know, reading their messages and talking about them, I, I have flower essences or plant essences of all of these different plants. And I would make up a personal formula for wow. For the person what the personal formula a personal formula yeah so that they could um take it to help imbue these these messages you know like yes we can read all this stuff but to really help us to take it in i find that the flower essences are really wonderful for that they're the vibration of those plants we're actually getting to hear it see it and then also imbibe it so it kind of and plant, really uh, plant, for those of you who don't know, plant essence is non-medicinal, so it doesn't have dosage or anything. It's just like um, uh, it is an essence of plants. Yeah, so. like a Bach, a Bach flower res, um, remedy. Right. Yeah, so it's more of a vibrational. But this, um, would be a per, this would be a real personalized one, which is great yeah. for you based on the reading. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, thank you. It kind of (laughs) makes it fun, fun for the person. You know, they get to really experience the plants in a different way, too. Yeah. So uh, if anybody's ever taken a thing called rescue remedy, when, Mm -hmm. you know, people are uh, rescue remedy is probably the most popular Bach recipe. Um, That's that one is for like dramatic moments. You give them rescue remedy. Um, That's it's like that but only personalized and for you based on your own world. Oh my goodness. That sounds amazing. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today, Robin. Uh, It's been a really interesting and inspiring interview. Well, thank you. I just am so honored that you've 
chosen the plants and me to talk to today. It's, it's, it's wonderful that you're sharing their messages out in the world. I, I really thank you. And we can also thank the, the plants from that garden we met in. What's the name of that garden we were in? Uh, Bishop's Close. Bishop, Bishop's Close Garden, beautiful garden in Portland, Oregon. Um, and everybody, feel free to go to my website, askpomegranate.com, if you uh, want to see more about Robin or you've forgotten everything we said today, you can find it there. I've put up posts. I might even get a picture of the plants we read today up there, the book. And also, <clears throat> you can join my mailing list. And here's what happens when you join my mailing list. I never bother you with anything except for a new podcast or a class that I'm teaching or a class of someone who I really believe in is teaching. So you'll get an occasional email from me and uh, I don't sell it. I don't do nothing with it. You know, I'm just not into the monetizing thing. Uh, so if you want to get on my mailing list, that's a good way to find out about a new podcast. And um, I think you all are amazing. Thank you for listening this far into this podcast. Thank you, Robin, and I'll see you again next time for Ask Pomegranate.